0: 86, and as you find your place there, we're going to read verse nine and ten, and I'll read those, and then we'll all read verse eleven and twelve together. Then our choir will sing, or actually, we have a a quartet this morning, I guess you'd say. And a lot of people uh, sick this morning, and we want to be checking on them as church members. Kind of the bug is going around today, and so if you look around, see somebody that uh, is normally here that's missing, make sure you check on them today. uh, see if we can help them in some way. Look at Psalm 86, if you would, verse number 9. I'm going to read verse 9 and 10. We'll all read verse 11 and 12 together. It says, All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. All together, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise Thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify Thy name forevermore. Lord, we ask that You would guide us today, and um, our prayer is just that. Teach us, O Lord, and guide us, and move in our hearts and our lives, and uh, work in us. Uh, May Your Spirit be evident to us today in its filling of our hearts and our minds. May You teach us uh, from your word today. As we sing, as we pray, may we glorify you, and lift up your name, and declare once again uh, during this week, as we have come to the end of one week and the beginning of another, uh, we end declaring your goodness and your provision, your protection over the last week, and we begin by asking it anew. And so we pray today that as we declare by faith that you are God and that you alone rule and reign over us and we submit to you and we ask that you would guide us by your word teach us things about yourself so that we then see things about our own lives and how we can change to become more like you and to glorify you to lift you up and to praise you Uh, we pray that you would bless this morning work in the lives of those that are not well or not feeling well within our church a number of people even uh, this morning that have Called or texted with with problems or issues within family, not feeling well. We we do ask this this time of year that uh, you'd strengthen that can be uh, a grading on the mind and the heart when you deal with something for a number of days. And so we pray that you'd encourage them this morning, even as they uh, watch online and open your word or uh, follow you in in your word. And we ask that you would guide and direct them, encourage them today. May we be an encouragement to them as. Uh, church family. Uh, Those that are hurting today, we come and we acknowledge that we have uh, members of our church who have uh, pain and and suffering emotionally, mentally, and uh, within their family, we ask that you would guide and that you would direct them and comfort them even uh, today. May we stand before you and be pleasing to you. We ask that you would do this by your strength and through your spirit. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. We can declare this morning that all will be right again. And aren't you glad that though we do not understand it, we can cry wisdom, riches, power, and glory to the Lamb and declare His glory to all. We're thankful for that this morning. If you have your bulletin today, if you would take a look at that as we uh, have a number of things coming up in our church and our ministries and, and draw your attention to that. This morning and uh, this evening, of course, we have kids clubs and our adult groups are meeting as a membership church membership class. been doing that for a couple weeks and we have a few couple weeks left. And so if you have not been able to be a part, of it, I hope that you will. And uh, it's a class that we're going to eventually offer throughout the year for prospective members. But whether you've been a member for a long time or you're uh, just joining us, visiting with us, we hope that you'll come and be a part of that and uh, we're talking through what the Lord teaches us our responsibility and opportunity both are in our church locally and then as our membership to Christ's body. And so I hope that you'll plan on being back and being part of that. This past week we had a a day of prayer, and I'm thankful for each one that was able to come out and uh, be a part of that and carry one another's burdens in prayer. And many of you came out for an hour or so, some a little longer, uh, this past Thursday, and we're thankful for that and a blessing to see uh, church members serve one another that way. Uh, Then you see I'll introduce a missionary couple that we have with us today. I'll introduce them in just a moment. We're excited that they're here. Uh, This Thursday we have a ladies' fellowship uh, coming up, 6.30 Thursday evening, a game night down in the gym. So you can bring your own board game, your own card games if you like. We'll have pickleball set up for those that are more adventurous if you'd like and those that want to be amused by that can come and watch and be a part of that. And if you get to bring your own game, that means you can make up your own rules. You can hide hide pieces. Uh, you can copy cards and keep them with you for whatever that is. And so uh, that would be what I would do. I would bring my own game to this and invite everyone to play with me as I win. Uh, it would be great. <laughs> but I hope that you'll plan on being a part of that. There's a sign-up sheet at the back uh, for any ladies that can come and attend and uh, a couple ways that you can help with uh, set up and and taking things down and, and some food that uh, might be needed for that evening as well and that's all at the welcome center this morning then uh, the seniors conference at the edge camp you can sign up either online or at the welcome center in the foyer and if you sign up there at the welcome center we'll contact you over the next week and just make sure that you're uh, truly registered and coming uh, it's $35 for the day it's a whole day event and if you need transportation and Uh, You can sign and mark that on the Welcome Center in the foyer, and we'll uh, do our best to work that out for that day. The camp's just about an hour away and uh, just a little bit of a different pace um, for you that day, and they always do a good job putting those things on. Then you see some other events that we have uh, coming up in the month of February, and our missionaries for the week to pray for as well. Uh, We're excited this morning to have a missionary couple with us just sort of setting out on deputation these last um, few months, and they are headed to the United Kingdom, eventually to the country of Scotland. And uh, you will probably not recognize Chris. Uh, Chris, I don't think you've ever been here before, but you might recognize Natalie. Natalie, his wife, uh, grew up part of her years here in our church, and uh, we're excited that they're able to come and uh, come back. They are related. This is Kevin and Becky Hibbard's niece, and we will not hold that against you, and uh, we let you come anyway, but we're excited that they're here. I'm going to ask them to come along and ne- introduce themselves, and uh, they have a video. Chris will introduce the video, tell you a little bit about uh, their ministry and how the Lord is leading them to an area of the world that needs the gospel, and we want to do our best to uh, to help them, and we'll see that video. Then they're actually going to be, uh, we've got them doing everything today. They're going to sing for us as well, and then Chris is going to uh, preach for us
1: today, but we're excited to have them with us. Well, good morning, and thank you for allowing us to be able to come and and meet with y'all this morning. Um, The Lord has put in our our hearts to go to the country of Scotland. And uh, he did that while we were students at Crown College. We had the opportunity to go and spend a semester in the UK and work alongside a group of missionaries there. And it was while we were there that we began, the Lord began opening our eyes to the need that is in uh, the UK. There's a need everywhere, but he began working in our hearts in that way. And uh, so we began praying about it after we finished our semester there when we left. And the Lord just really put in our hearts and gave us confirmation, gave us a piece about going back and working alongside that team to help them move uh, the ministry up into Scotland. They've already had several church plants in England. Uh, There's eight in England, one in Wales. And we want to see churches planted up in Scotland as well. And so if you pray about that with us as we go and join this team and working with them, planting churches in scotland we greatly appreciate it we just got started deputation, as he said um, at the end of september we're praying that we'll be finished with that by the end of summer 2024 so we're praying for a speedy process a safe process um, but we pray about those about those things with us we'd be greatly appreciative of it would you like to say anything
2: sure um, the group we're going to be working with is called the crown christian heritage trust and um, just a little bit of background about what that is Um, It's actually, it's a group of missionaries working together, but they're also registered with the government as like a charity organization. And the reason behind that is um, over there, the government really gets their hands into everything, but it's kind of working in our favor in this situation. They um, don't allow churches, if they are not able to keep their doors open, they don't allow churches just to sell their bui- their building and keep the money. They have to either give the building to a charity organization or sell the building and give the money to a charity organization. So because Crown Christian Heritage Trust is a registered charity, we're able to receive closing church buildings as gifts. Um, and a lot of the churches that are closing, the people who are left don't want to see them turned into something else. And as far as I know, we're the only charity in the UK that is actually a Christian organization that will keep the church building as a church building. So that's where those nine church plants so far, that's where the buildings have come from. They've all been donated um, to our group. So that's um, kind of a unique opportunity in the UK. Um, Pray for us. We're praying about three cities specifically where there are possible opportunities. Um, Edinburgh, Dundee, and Glasgow are the three cities we're praying for right now. Um, Just pray that the Lord would give us wisdom about which one of those he would have us to start in. We want to make sure that we're following him and not just barreling ahead where we want to go. So pray for us about wisdom and direction.
1: In one of those cities in Dundee, there's a special opportunity that we're praying about as well. Um, There's a historical society there that owns uh, the last of its kind, a lighthouse boat um, in Scotland, and um, the last of its kind in Scotland, and we're praying about whether or not we should take that. They want to give it to us for one pound, which is $1.25, um, here and so we're praying about wisdom in that because of course taking on that doesn't mean we just have a free place to go in and worship but there are many things that have to be done to it to prepare it for that so if you'll pray about that with us um, there's a lot of things that have to be done in, in preparation so um, just we, we need wisdom so pray for that and then as well I like to close with this before we watch the video there's a couple of things that are going on in the UK and we're we're grateful to God and how he's working already um, as we mentioned, there are nine church plants already, and one of those church plants, there's a building just across the fence from them that they have been praying about for years, and for the longest, it, it's been a bar, and um, they've been praying about, you know, that building, they wanted to have that building, to be able to use it for the Lord, and well, just within the past couple of years, they finally, they had to close, and we've been able to purchase that building, renovate it, and they're now using it for Sunday school, Sunday school classes, and TSO classes, different things like that, so the Lord has allowed us to purchase that building and use it for Him. And we're grateful for that. But not only that, um, a lot of the churches since COVID have actually, the the churches that we're working with, they've actually grown since then. You know, many churches have kind of closed and got smaller, things like that. But many of these churches have grown. And one of the churches in particular, um, the Oxford Baptist Chapel, they've outgrown their building. And they're now having to meet uh, in a field that they're renting under a tent. And so they're praying about a permanent place to, to be able to go and worship. And they're asking God to provide that building for them, that they can do that. If we pray about that with them, they would greatly appreciate that as well. But thank you again so much for having us. We know the Lord is already doing work, and we just want to go and join in that. So, again, just please pray for us in that. And uh, thank you for having us. Thank you for being so kind to us. You've all came and greeted us, and we're grateful for that. You've been very kind to us, and we're looking forward to finishing out the service with you. But thank you so much.
3: What burdens bowed thy head? Our load was laid on thee. Thou stoodest in the sinner's stead, didst bear all ill for me. A victim led, thy blood was shed. Now there's no load for me. A victim led, huh? thy blood was shed, now there's no load for me. Bitter cup, love drank it up. Now blessings draw for me. That bitter cup, love drank it up. Now blessings draw for me. For me. Jesus, Thou hast died, and I have died in Thee. Thou art praised; my bands are all untied, and now Thou lives in me. When purified, made white and tried, Thy glory then. and tried thy glory then for me
2: O Christ what burdens bow thy head
3: now there
0: we tested it before church and it worked and then gordon came and sang and it doesn't work after that <laughs> uh, some other things happen i'm sure it's probably not his fault but we'll try that one more time see what we have <coughs> nothing there tell you what chris i'm gonna have you come speak and we'll see if we can fix it we'll show it at the end thank you for your willingness to work on the fly this morning When we have church planters and missionaries, we enjoy wanting, having them come in and sing and uh, preach for us and do a number of things, but often uh, what we really want to hear is how they handle uh, the Word of God. And so I've asked Chris, if he would, to uh, preach for us this morning from God's Word, and we're excited again that they're here. Uh, We are taking a love offering for them today. The church will have something that we give to them just for being here and uh, serving alongside with us today, but then anything that you give... We'll go to directly to them toward uh, their ministry and um, uh, getting to Scotland, and then we want to help uh, support them as well. So, if you want to give a love offering today, uh, you can mark that on the front of your envelope, and the spot says "special." Just write "McPike" on there. Uh, if you give online, uh, you can choose the Faith Missions portion, and then choose "special" and just write in "McPike," and you can give that way as well. And anything that we receive today. Uh, Throughout the day, uh, we'll go toward them and we'll forward and get that to them as well, okay? Uh, Chris is going to come and preach for us, and then maybe we'll show you the video when he's finished.
1: All right, well, we'll, you'll turn with me to the book of Acts, please. Acts chapter number four. We'll be reading verses one through twenty-two. Acts chapter four. This is a chapter that the Lord used in in my life while I was in the UK, um, working alongside those missionaries. And um, growing up, I I had a very uh, difficult time speaking to people. It was not something I was comfortable with doing. It didn't matter how large the crowd, how small the crowd, I did not want to speak to people. I didn't want to open my mouth. I wanted to go sit in a corner and hide from everybody. That was was how I was growing up. And uh, as I got older, though, and I came to know the Lord as my Savior, and I understood that I had an opportunity to tell others about who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us, I realized in order to do that I was going to have to open my mouth at some point and talk to somebody. So I began to try and work on that, and I had some people helping me, but the Lord really used this chapter in my life to help me understand that and to encourage me as well, and I hope it will be encouragement to you. I know it will be. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 4. We'll begin reading in verse number 1, and again we'll read down to verse 22. It says, And as they spake unto the people, the priests, and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people, and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now even tide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. And it came to pass on the morrow... That their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power, or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people, and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel. That by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of ye builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, "What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is, not, is manifest to all of them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straitly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name." And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach. In the name of Jesus, but Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you than unto God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them, because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above forty years old, on whom this miracle of healing was showed. I'd like to begin a word of prayer. If you'll pray for me as I'm speaking, I would greatly appreciate it. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for loving us, for providing for us each and every day. We thank you for your word that we are able to study and to understand. And Lord, I pray that you help us to hear from it this morning, help us to hear from you and apply the things that we learn, not just be hearers, but to be doers. I pray that you would strengthen us, Lord, that we would draw closer to you and that we would be greater witnesses for you. Lord, we thank you so much for everything that you do for us. Please Uh, Just bless the rest of this service. Be with us as we go about our ways this afternoon. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So as we're looking in Acts chapter 4, I'd like to point you back to verse number 13. And there's a specific phrase here that I'd like to, to talk about this morning. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, it perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. When I first began reading through this, what really caught my mind to begin with was that word boldness and how little boldness that I have. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this to open my mouth and begin to speak to people. But as I began studying through it a little more, and I noticed that phrase there, that they had been with Jesus. The kind of testimony that that is, that these two men had, as they were walking through these people, they were speaking to them, the kind of testimony that they had when they would look at them they notice something different about them. These men, they have been with Jesus. We can tell. We can see that. That's the kind of testimony that they had. And today, i like each one of us to recognize that it's not just them that can have that testimony, but we can have that testimony as well. And I want to look at their lives and see, you know, what, what is it in their life that helped them have that testimony and see what maybe we could do better. But as we go through life, you know, that's something that we often do. We look at people and we begin to we relate them. To other people. For instance, I have a, a friend who I went to college with, and once he finished college, I still had a semester left, so we got an apartment together, and he was teaching uh, some young people in a school, and he would come home afterwards and talk to me about these young people. He had a burden for them. He wanted them to know the Lord and to live for, live for the Lord, and so he talked to me about them, and then we pray about them, and it wasn't until a couple of years later that I finally got to meet these young people and As I began to talk to them and, and speak with them and you know laugh and have, have fun with them, I began to notice very quickly that these young people had been spending a lot of time with my friend Nick, maybe a little too much time, because of the way that they talked, the things that they said, even down to their very laugh, I could tell these kids had been spending too much time with my friend Nick. But that's exactly what happens, isn't it? The more we spend time with a certain individual, the more we begin to be like them. You are who you hang around. I, I got that. A lot when I was younger. My mom would tell me that all the time. You are who you hang around. Be careful who you hang around. And these men, they were known to have spent time with Christ. And I don't know about you, but I want to have that same kind of testimony. And so I want to look at their life. And if you'll turn with me to the, to the book of Matthew. We'll begin there. And just see what in their life was different. What is it that they did to help them have this kind of testimony? And if you look with me at Matthew chapter 4, I'm again reading a verse number 18. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 18, or read to verse number 22. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Now, if you notice in verse number 19, Jesus says to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. First thing I want you to notice is that Peter and John, they followed the call. This call isn't what we would normally think of when we think of the word word call. You know, often we think of a call to be a missionary, a call to be a pastor, a call to be a teacher, or whatever it may be. This is a call to be with him, to spend time with him, to get to know him, to see what he is like, how he lives, how he responds to things. A call to be with him. He says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't just say, go, go be fishers of men, go figure it out, see how it works out. Aren't you thankful that he first said, Follow me? Come spend time with me. He's left us an example that we can follow. I'll read this verse to you. In 1 Peter, First Peter chapter 2, verse 21, it says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Now Peter and John had a rare example. They got to walk in the footsteps of Christ while he was here on this earth, and they got to see his example. What we also have that same opportunity to see his example in his word we can go to his word and read about him see what he's like get to know him more and as we are doing those things as we get to know him more we know how to live for him how to please him and that's something that we ought to do every christian ought to do that is one way that we can have this testimony is by getting to know him spending time with him and this really is the main point if we don't get anything else this is the main point that we need to take away from today take away from this we need to spend time with Jesus. And as we spend time with Jesus, as we build that relationship, we get to know him. We begin to know things we can obey, be obedient to him. It's kind of like this, you know, I've been married to my wife, Natalie, for about two and a half years now, maybe a little more. And I'm grateful to God for her. I'm grateful that I get to spend time with her and get to know her. But what if I had said to her when we first got married, you know, the wedding finished, we got together and I said, okay, we're married now. Let's get back in about a couple weeks. We'll have some coffee and we'll we'll talk this over. We'll see how things work out. Wouldn't work, would it? No, I've got to spend time with her. I've got to get to know her. I've got to spend time with her daily. Know her likes, know her dislikes. So that I can know how to please her, know how to help her. It's the very same thing with Christ. If we don't spend time with him, getting to know him, how are we going to know to please him, how to please him? How are we going to know how he wants us to live? We must spend time with Christ, we must obey that call just as Peter and John did, getting to know Him. And then, once we've done that, He says, I will make you fishers of men. And that takes us into the next point. They obeyed the command. If you'll turn with me back to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter number 3. Excuse me. We're going to Acts chapter 1. You know, Christ has given us several commands in His Word, and one of them I want to point out to you is here in verse number 8. We read about it in the four Gospels and in Acts chapter 8, but in Mark sixteen fifteen, he it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is a command that Christ has given to each and every believer. But he also says in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus gave this command to every believer. And Peter and John, they took this to heart. You'll notice that as we go through the next few chapters. They didn't just hear this command and say, okay, that's a nice thing that Christ gave us to do. We will think about it. No, they took this and they said, and they understood, Christ wants us to do this. We're going to be obedient. We're going to obey this command. The command is not a suggestion. It's a command. But not only that, it's a command to go. You know, sometimes, even as I was younger, I thought to myself, you know, if I invite someone to church, I've done my good deed. If I'm nice to somebody, I've done my good deed. But what Christ has said is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's not just bringing them to the church house so they can hear the gospel, but going out into the world and preaching the gospel, speaking it with our words and living it out in our lives, in our actions. They were obedient to this. As I said, we go through Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3, and we notice that Peter takes every opportunity that he has to preach the gospel. And he didn't just preach it to a certain group of people. It wasn't just some that he preached it to, but he preached it to whoever he could. The gospel is not just for a particular group of people. It is to all people, all nations, all creatures. Anyone that we have an opportunity to speak to, we should. Because Christ has commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to everyone. In Jerusalem, and all Judea, and Samaria, unto the uttermost part of the earth. they obeyed this command and when we obey him we obey him because we love him and we love him because he first loved us if you turn with me real quick to John chapter 5 I'd like to read a verse a few verses to you here in John chapter excuse me, John chapter 15 I said 5 but turn to John chapter 15 we'll read verses 1 through 5 John chapter 15 begin reading in verse number 1 The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. The truth of the matter is, as we read in that that last verse there, verse number five, for without Christ, we can do nothing. Without Him in our lives, we can't do anything. I can't stand here before you today and preach to you the Word of God. We can't go out into this world and preach the gospel. We need the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. I want to read a few verses to you again in in Acts chapter 1. I'll just read these two, you. you. can turn to it there if you'd like. But in Acts chapter 1, it says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, ye have heard of me. That's pretty interesting there. He tells them, go to Jerusalem and wait. Now, why is that? They knew the gospel. They could go out and preach the gospel. But why did he tell them to wait? Because they didn't have the promise yet. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them yet, the power of the Holy Spirit working in them and through them yet. And he wanted them to wait until that happened, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit would fill them and then they could go out and preach with the power of the Holy Spirit. Give the gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can fulfill the Great Commission, so that we can obey the command. But as we notice these things about Peter and John, I want us to remember that it's these things that set them apart. That's a, it's a difference in them. These things that made these people realize they are followers of Christ. They have been with Jesus. And where today, are these things that we have done, are we doing these things? Are we spending time with Christ, getting to know Him? And as we get to know Him, are we obeying those things that He wants us to do? But not only that, it's not just that they obeyed, but how they obeyed. And if you turn again with me to Acts chapter 4. Well, notice how they obeyed Acts chapter 4, and again in that verse. Verse number 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they had a confidence in them. We, we all notice that word boldness and we think, I've got to have boldness, I've got to have strength. But where do we get that boldness and strength from? It's from Christ. From spending time with Christ. It's hard to speak about someone, it's hard to speak about something that you know nothing about because you spent no time in it, you spent no time around that person. It's hard to speak about them confidently, boldly. But they were able to do that because they had spent time with Christ. And I want you to notice their boldness, their confidence in Him. Again, in Acts chapter 2, the they, certain circumstances that were going on brought a crowd to them. Peter noticed this crowd, and he took that opportunity and began to preach the gospel to them. Again, in Acts chapter number 3, another circumstance takes place. The Lord used them to heal this lame man. And because of that, another crowd is drawn, and he again sees the opportunity, he preaches the gospel. I don't know about you, but I, if I see a crowd coming at me, I'm probably going to be a little bit nervous and I'm not going to want to talk very much. But he had such a confidence in Christ that what he was saying was truth. That he had to speak. He couldn't help but speak it. And again in in Acts chapter 4, we'll read through this a little bit again. In verse number 1, And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now even tied. These men, they did not like them, they wanted them to stop preaching Jesus Christ and his resurrection. They wanted them to stop. So they took hold of them and put them in kind of like a prison. And the next day we see here that they have them in basically like, like a court. And it says in verse number 5, And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have he done this? so they're standing there, again, among all these people who do not like them. They have every opportunity here to say whatever they want to get out of the situation. Well, what do they say? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, "'Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, "'if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, "'by what means he is made whole, "'be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel,' By the, That by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It sounds to me like Peter had a lot of confidence in what he was what he was saying and who he was talking about. He didn't say, you know you might be saved through this. It's it's possible. It could work for you. No, he said, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It wasn't a question. It was a declaration. This is the truth because he had confidence in Christ. He was able to do that. If you'll continue reading with me in verse number 15. When they commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people that us straightly threatened them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. And this was their answer. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. They couldn't help it. What they had seen Christ do for them, the miracles that they had seen Him do, the truth that they had heard Him preach, and they saw those things come to pass. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried and He rose again. And they saw Him ascended to heaven. They saw these things happen, and they couldn't help but speak about Him. They had to speak it. And I wonder, is that our testimony today? As we go out into this world and we we run into people at work, at the store, at school, whatever the case may be. As we run into these people, are we able to confidently speak about our Lord because we've spent time with him? Because we've gotten to know him and seeing that what he said is true. What kind of testimony do we have when people look at us? If I could, I'd like to nail this particular point down real quick. I'm going to turn to Luke chapter 1. And read verses one through four, and then I'm going to turn to first John five thirteen. We're going to look at Luke chapter one, verses one through four. We can be thankful to God that we have his word and that we can know these things. And that's exactly what these verses are going to tell us. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 1, it says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things, which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. And I'll read this other verse to you. In First John 5, verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. As I said, in both of these passages, we're very clearly told that we can know the truth. It's not something that we have to wonder about. We, we can know it in our hearts that this is true. We can have certainty about it. But what does it say before that? These things have I written. I've written these things unto you in order, Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty. If We're going to have certainty in Christ. We've got to spend time with him. We've got to get into his word and study it, understand it, spend time with him and know him more. And not just that, but throughout the day, meditating on his word. And then things like this. We get to come together and hear the preaching of his word and sing songs about him. Getting to know him more, fellowshipping with believers. These are things that Christ has given to us so that we get to know Him more, to know more about Him, to spend more time with Him, and then be obedient. Not just hear these things and say, that, oh, that's a nice word. Thank you for that. But be obedient to them and live it out and have that testimony that Peter and John had so that when people look at us and we go out to this world and they see us, they say, that person, they've been with Jesus. And it's an encouraging thing to hear as you go out into this world and people do notice those things. They do look at you and they watch you. I worked in a few different places, and it's, it's an encouraging thing when they look at you and they say, wow, you're, you go to church, don't you? You're a Christian, aren't you? To have that kind of testimony. And I'm grateful that we can have that, but it's only as we spend time with him that we can have that testimony. And so today, that, that's, our, that's our challenge. Are we spending time with him? We need to. We need to spend time with him, and we need to be that witness so that we can have that testimony and have that confidence. But I'm going to close in a word of prayer. Pastor, if you'll come and and close us out. Thank you for allowing me to speak today. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your word and how we can apply it to our lives. Lord, we thank you for the testimony of these men and for your testimony, that we can read it and learn more about it. And God, I pray that you would help us to do so. Help us to follow your testimony and be obedient to your word. Help us to go out and be witnesses for you. And Lord, I pray that you would be with anyone here today that does not know you as their Savior, please don't let them leave without having an opportunity to respond to your gospel. Well, we thank you so much for everything that you do for us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. We'll close in just a moment with uh,
0: an invitation, but as we do, I want you to think just for a moment. What do people notice about you? What do people think about you? We spend a lot of our lives kind of, inadvertently consumed by that what do people think about me sometimes I guess it could be a positive thing many times it's a negative thing you think about the apostles as we read about them there in Acts that uh, what people perceived about them they say oh they're unlearned or they're this or they're that and uh, they spoke with boldness and there's a lot of things that were noted about them but ultimately uh, the true thing that people sensed about them was that they had been with Christ that Jesus had taught them and Guided them and discipled them along the way, and we have a responsibility too. You say, "I've never walked with Jesus in person." They had a privilege that I don't, but we have His Word, we have the Holy Spirit, which is just as much God as any other part of the Trinity. And so, as God works and ministers in our spirit, do people notice about us what God is doing in us? Uh, do people notice the change that He's brought? It doesn't mean that we go on a show and and that is the whole goal of our life is to draw attention to ourselves what Jesus does in us will be noted it's so different than the world it's so different than darkness it's so different than sin the light that Christ brings into our heart so a good challenge from God's word this morning uh, what is God doing in your heart are you being and staying close to him and is that being a testimony to those around you those that know you those that are related to you, those that uh, you meet randomly, those that are strangers to you, those that you work with, but is the demeanor and is the essence of Christ on us this morning? Let's bow our heads for just a moment and uh, just by way of invitation, think on this for uh, just a moment as we close. I want you to think about that. Is Christ evident in your life to those around you? If not, it could be a very clear indication that I'm not spending the time with him that I should. I'm not spending time in his word. I'm not spending uh, the committed time that I should with his body, the church. Uh, I'm not focused and prioritizing my spiritual relationship with him. And we don't do these things to be seen by others we do them to glorify God because motivated by his mercy and his grace in our lives but the bible has told us that if we serve and follow Christ it will be evident to others and so in our own lives this morning is the work of Christ evident in us and if not we need to commit ourselves again to it and ask him to work in us stand if you would and We'll have one more word of prayer and then we'll sing a song that we sang a few moments ago to give the Lord glory. That is our goal. And we do that not by just the words we say or the songs we sing, but we do it by the lives that we live. And so we commit ourselves anew again to Christ and thankful for his word this morning. Father, thank you for your word to us. May it work in us, grip us, move us, draw us close to you we give you glory and then by giving you glory we bring others to you that they may be made as they were created to be followers and worshipers of their creator god through jesus christ the son and we pray that that will be a work that is done in each of us individually and then corporately as a church And we praise you for it in jesus name amen Let's sing a verse of this of the lord's working in your heart here at this altar there at your seat May we surrender and commit ourselves to him. and Let's sing together. And, uh, let him share a little bit, hopefully through the video, about where the Lord has led them, how he's led them there. And then we'll be closed in just a moment.
1: All right? The United Kingdom was once one of the brightest beacons of the gospel. Men like Charles Spurgeon, David Livingston, and Charles Wesley began their ministries here. The great Welsh revival that shook the world for Christ had its epicenter in Britain. But the light of the glorious gospel that once shone so brightly from this place has long gone dim. In 2006, God called a young couple out of the Temple Baptist Church in Powell, Tennessee, to begin a gospel work in the United Kingdom. He provided a little chapel in Blackheath that had closed and was supposed to be demolished and turned into a parking lot. There, God began a miraculous work. Soon, others joined them. Today, the Crown Christian Heritage Trust has been given a total of nine chapels, eight in England and one in Wales. One of the most recent to open is in Carlisle, England, just eight miles outside the border of Scotland. The vision of the Crown Christian Heritage Trust is to see gospel ministry started across the United Kingdom and into mainland Europe. We are Chris and Natalie McPike. As students at Crown College, we had the opportunity to spend a semester at Crown Hall, their extension campus in the U.K. in the headquarters of the Crown Christian Heritage Trust. We spent three months training and participating in missionary work alongside missionaries from the Trust. While there, the Lord burdened our hearts to return, specifically to Scotland.
0: Chris and Natalie McPike are wonderful young people. They've served God faithfully with us here at the Temple Baptist Church in Crown College. And they believe God's call on their life is to go to Scotland to do the Lord's work. They're going to be working with the Christian Heritage Trust there. And we're praying for them. They're going to do a mighty job for the Lord. We're going to stand with them and support them. And I want you to do the same.
1: Pray about it, will you please? And stand with them in this effort that God's put on their heart. Working with the Crown Christian Heritage Trust, our goal is to help expand the ministry into Scotland. We will be involved in church planning, evangelistic Sunday schools, summer camps, vacation Bible schools, tent meetings, and street evangelism.
2: In the 1500s, John Knox prayed his famous prayer, Give me Scotland, or I die. And the Lord used him to lead the Reformation there, fueling a revival in his native country. In the early 1900s, a revival began in the Scottish islands of the Hebrides with the prayers of two elderly women. The result was a spiritual awakening that shook the country for Christ. Our prayer is that God would do it again. Would you partner with us in that prayer?
0: We're excited about what God is going to do there, what He's already done. It's pretty amazing to being a part of the world, and church buildings closing down for one reason or another, if a congregation can't support it, or there's a lack of congregation there, and uh, there's you, they would testify they've been there. There's a lot of buildings there, a lot of church buildings in that area of the world that have been converted into other things. And uh, we know that the church is not a building, however, in our modern world, it's a great uh, icon or symbol of God's family. This is what God has given. This is where we gather to worship and serve and praise Him. So it's a difficult thing to see that number of buildings and church buildings converted into any variety of things. And so it's a good thing that the Lord has given this opportunity. And as you said, nine churches that have been established there, we praise the Lord for that. And hopefully with Scott and Natalie seeing that extended, you know, excuse me, Chris and Natalie in Scotland uh, to see it uh, extended into Scotland, and uh, we're excited and thankful for that. Uh, I'm gonna ask them if they would to make their way back, and they'll greet you at the uh, in the foyer. They have a table there, and I hope that you'll get a chance to get by, and encourage them. And again, we're gathering that love offering for them today. And uh, if you can give there at the offering box at the Welcome uh, Center, you can do it online. Anything that is designated toward them today, just mark that on the front of your envelope or online, and Uh, We will uh, do our best to send this couple on a couple announcements as we close. I hope that you'll be back this evening. Uh, Our membership class. We've talked the last couple of weeks about what it means to belong, not to an organization and not to a place, a locality, but to long to belong to people. What does it mean as a church that God has given us just as much? We are children of God. We are brothers and sisters to each other. So we've talked about that. We've talked about worshiping and gathering and the importance of it. And tonight we're going to talk about serving and caring for uh, one another as church members and the responsibility that God gives us to each other. And So I hope that you will plan on being back and being a part of that. We will have a short business meeting, church business meeting at the beginning of that. Uh, Some missionaries that came uh, back in the fall. Uh, You remember last year we kind of voted to uh, move around some support. We had some missionaries that came off the field, uh, some new ones that were going on. And we sort of already had in place the ability to take on a couple more missionaries as we were able to uh, bring them in. And so we'll be solidifying that this evening uh, at the beginning of the service, or at the beginning of the uh, membership class. And uh, if you're working in kids clubs and we'll get with you, there's a way that you can still uh, be a part of that. And then if you would, a couple of prayer requests. I'm going to ask in a moment, uh, Chris Ropsky, if you would close us in prayer in just a moment. Uh, But as we do, we want to spend a moment of special uh, time, a special prayer for a couple families, a couple people in our church family. If you would be praying for Margaret Watson, you know, Margaret has had uh, just a number of health issues and difficulties over the last uh, nine months or so that uh, she has had just just sort of one thing right after the next. And has been in and out of the hospital and long term care. If you would pray for her. She is at Hanover Healthcare currently and has been placed in hospice or comfort care. And so, if you would be in prayer for Margaret in the upcoming days and uh, for her family as well. And then, if you would also be praying for uh, Joan Mowbray. And uh, we're glad she's with us this morning. I hope that you'll have a chance to hug her and tell her that you love her today. Joan's uh, daughter went to be with the Lord this week and passed away suddenly. And so, if you would uh, be in prayer for Joan. Uh, The services are as follows from 6 to 8 tomorrow. The family will receive friends at Nelson's Funeral Home on Laburnum, and then the funeral will be at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning uh, with a burial to follow. And so if you would, be in prayer uh, for Joan. And then a number in our church that are uh, going through different things and struggles, and we want to uphold and carry one another's burdens to the Lord. Chris, would you close in prayer? We'll be dismissed. I hope you'll be back this evening, and then be back next week. Lord willing, we'll be back in our study in the book of Matthew in chapter 14. And so read that, if you would, this week to prepare our hearts to serve the Lord together as we enter his house next week.